It's 5 p.m. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, we speak with the executive director of the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority on the brown water issue facing residents on the island of St. Croix. Cruise ship vendors on the island of St. Croix are pushing back to a 300% rate increase issued by the Department of Sports, Parks and Recreation. Delegate to Congress Stacey Plaskett issued a statement regarding the escalating conflicts in Gaza. These are some of your headlines and more for today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. Last week Wednesday, the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority concluded its initial round of extended water sampling on St. Croix and is continuing its work to address brown water affecting several areas on the island. WAPA conducted the recent sampling in collaboration with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the Virgin Islands Department of Planning and Natural Resources, and the University of the Virgin Islands. We spoke with Executive Director of the Authority, Mr. Andrew Smith, on Thursday to discuss the water issues facing St. Croix residents. Those water samples, they were sent by three different entities, WAPA, the Department of Natural Resources, as well as the, is the University of Virgin Islands. And we really appreciate our partners working with us on that. And so we'll each all independently get results back from the laboratories. The laboratories that they've been sent to are U.S. Environmental Protection Agency laboratories. Um, so the U.S. EPA is the, you know, the ultimate, ultimate analysis of the water. WAPA officials have pointed to aging rusty pipes as the primary culprit and said an influx of sargassum seaweed exacerbated the problem. While the authority works to address the issue, we asked Mr. Smith whether residents were still expected to pay for the water. The cost of water to WAPA uh, is a payment to a third party. Um, we have a, a company called Seven Seas Water who makes the drinking water in the territory. And I want to be very clear that Seven Seas is not the source of any of the discoloration in the water. Uh, the water that Seven Seas makes comes out clear, it's tested, it meets all the standards that it's expected to meet. And so, in fact, Seven Seas has been a very good partner uh, with us as we as we work through some of these challenges. But, but Seven Seas charges charges us by the gallon uh, for the water that they make. That's the contract that we have. And so to the extent that we're producing water it is being you know, used in any way, shape or fashion. And I, and I, I fully understand the residents concern, right? It's hard. You can't wash your clothes with it. Um, it's not appealing to drink. Um, you know, you can obviously water your garden with it and that sort of thing. Um, flush your toilets and that sort of thing. But but any water that's being used, you know, hopefully the listening audience understands we have to pay seven C's to make that water. Right. And so if we if we were to, you know, somehow provide credits back to customers, not charge customers for water, to the extent that that water is going somewhere, we are paying seven C's to make it. So there, there's, you know, Papa would be in the middle of having to pay seven C's but have no revenue, right, for the water that's going somewhere. Um, so, you know, we're trying to address the quality of the water when we get the EPA results. 
you know, we'll be, we've already started, you know, planning with EPA on some potential, you know, near-term remedies uh, to the to the issues with the discolored water. Um, and we'll be looking to implement those, but we want to be, and, and EPA is, is fully supportive of this, we want to all be more informed about what the actual issues to be addressed are and how to best address those. And so hopefully that'll alleviate some of the issues with the brown water as well. Responding to our inquiries on whether the authority would be utilizing federal funding to fix the age pipes, Director Smith responded. We, we have, and you're exactly right. The, the source of the discolored water, the brown water, is that our, our system, the parts that have not been replaced or upgraded, is old, old iron pipe, what's called ductile iron pipe. Some of that was installed, you know, 60 and 70 years ago. So certainly, at, you know, at or beyond uh, its expected useful life when it was originally installed. In terms of the question about funding around this, they're really, um, you know, near-term and longer-term uh, funding opportunities as it relates to the St. Croix and, and the St. Thomas water system, for that matter. Um, there are a number of replacement and improvement projects that have already been undertaken uh, in St. Croix uh, to address the oldest sections of the system. What that does not do is, because it only addresses one section of the system, while you know, a customer may be in a section that's been replaced and has all new, you know, plastic, state-of-the-art, you know, uh, piping. The water still has to travel through some of this old piping to get to that section of the system. So as we continue to work through those sections, the quality will improve. Um, and so we're already spending a fair amount of money, federally grant-funded money. We already spent that on a lot of upgrades. Looking in the very near term, I mentioned um, coming up with some short-term solutions that may help alleviate some of the issues. Uh, those would look to be EPA slash FEMA funded. When we look at the longer term solution to the St. Croix system, and again, also the St. Thomas system, is um, what's called a prudent replacement uh, grant from FEMA. And what that prudent replacement grant does is it authorizes uh, not just you know repairing, you know replacing, and that sort of thing. What it does is it, it authorizes replacing the system and bringing it to best-in-class standards. Um, we have we have basically completed the work to apply for that. We've done all the engineering work. Uh, that currently sits with FEMA uh, in a review status. That that grant, which we're hopeful will be approved, and I think we have very good line of sight to to it being approved, would would fund replacing the entire St. Croix water infrastructure, um, not just pipes in the ground, but storage tanks and pumps and all of the associated infrastructure uh, that goes with it. that grant. Uh, right now, is projected to be a little north of a billion with a B billion dollar grant. Um, now, I want to be clear with the listeners that um, that's not a 12-month process. That's not an 18-month process to replace you know, the, the, the sections that need to be replaced. This is a multi-year undertaking. It'll be targeted at, at the most, you know, the, the most, the section most in need uh, in the near term, but it will take a number of years to get this ultimately done. Over the weekend, WAPA issued an update to the community on the results of the water testing. The EPA discovered elevated levels of lead and copper in 35 out of the 66 samples collected. They relayed that in their sampling process, they found that after flushing the water lines for three to five minutes, little to no levels of lead or copper were detected in the vast majority and recommended that residents flush water lines before using the water. 
However, residents in the Diamond, Castleburg community, Calcahoon, and Mumbiju areas are areas that still had elevated levels following the flushing. We'll keep you informed to any updates regarding the matter. As we update the news feed, while talking with Leslie Comision, host of the WTJX TV show Comes with the Territory, Delegate to Congress Stacey Plaskett shared some sentiments regarding the ongoing conflict in Gaza. I was having a conversation today with the consulate to really get a clear understanding of what's happening in um, the West Bank, in Gaza, in um, Israel, for any Virgin Islanders. You know, we have a large Palestinian yes. community to make sure that the interests of those individuals are being met. Uh, and I sit on the Intelligence Committee, so getting classified information about what's happening there. At the end of the month, I'm actually supposed to go to Israel um, and have meetings uh, to talk about what's next. How do we resolve this? How do we finally come to a resolution about making equality for Palestinians? In a statement released on Sunday, Delegate Plaskett said that she had leveraged the opportunity to speak with the U.S. State Department as well as officials from the U.S. Department of Defense and Homeland Security, advocating and receiving updates on the safe exit for American Palestinians living in Gaza, as well as impressing the need to keep peace in the West Bank and support innocent people during this time. She relayed that American officials were able to reach an agreement with Egypt to provide safe evacuation and that she and her colleagues in Congress would continue to urge the U.S. government to pressure Egypt to live up to the agreement and for Egypt and Israel to open passage to provide critical support to those living in Gaza. The conflict in Gaza has left millions of people in the area without access to electricity, water, food, medicine, and other critical resources. In a letter dated August 16th to the Commissioner for the Department of Sports, Parks, and Recreation, Calvert White, Cruise ship vendors expressed their frustration to have received a notice on August 1st, 2023, of an impending fee increase at the rate of 300%. Vendors met with representatives of the department who informed them that the increase is because rates had not been increased for several years and that the decision was final. In the letter, vendors did not express resistance to the increase, only the rate for which it was increased. They ask that the increase be reconsidered and adjusted to reflect a more reasonable rate. They further requested that written standards be implemented to govern how the department determines its increases in the future, as opposed to, as they say, randomly increasing without justification and documentation. We spoke to one of the affected vendors, Naima Polion, who provided further insight into the matter. Representative from the Department of Sports, Parks and Recreation came around and gave us a letter. The letter stated that the price would increase from 200 a year to 800 a year for some, and then others were from 150 to $600 for the year. And that would begin, would be effective in October, October 1st of that same year. We asked if there were any previous meetings with vendors and the department where vendors were made aware that an upcoming rate increase would soon be in effect. Nope, nope, they just came and spun it on us and that was it. In response to our question if vendors were informed about any additional perks to be provided, along with the increase, Ms. Polion said, No, they just had a meeting um, reiterating what they previously said and we have a whole bunch more new um, rules and regulations than we did before. 
they did say that we should be having more cruise ships during the year than we did have, but with the new schedule based off of the old one, it is not a significant um, increase. Maybe maybe seven or eight ships increase. Nothing else has been provided. Like I said, the only thing that's different is that we have more rules. Like one of the rules that really stand out to me is we're not able to sublease, which was be- which was um, in place before. Once it's your spot, it's your spot. Only you can come. But now they have a no-show policy where that if you don't show for three consecutive um, cruise ship days and you do not inform them that your permit will be revoked and the no refunds would be given. And there's no one else that can go in your place. Like, once you're on that permit, that is for you. So, and if you happen to forget to tell them that you're not there, then they're going to take your space away, basically. Speaking to further difficulties vendors face, Mrs. Polion relayed. For, in the past, um, cruise ship passengers were able to come off the cruise ship and walk around in Ferguson and then choose to jump on a taxi to go, Christian said. Now what happens is the taxi goes inside pick up the passengers from the cruise ship and take them up Christian's bed. And they don't bring them back until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, taxis will be going now. So we don't even get half of the traffic of for this price increase. Like, it's, it's just really ridiculous. We reached out to Senator-at-Large Angel Bokesh Jr., chair on the Committee of Culture, Sports, Parks, Aging, and Youth, to find out if the department had relayed during their last appearance to the legislature plans to increase vendor fees. No, I haven't heard any discussions surrounding that. Um, so this is my first <clears throat> first time being updated on this. Inquiring if he had plans to engage stakeholders, Senator Bolquez stated. Almost definitely. Um, you know, I fully understand and appreciate the concerns of the St. Croix vendors who have raised um, concern with this unexpected 300% increase of their vending fees. And of course, it's essential to maintain open communication and collaboration with our local business owners to ensure fair and balanced approaches to fee adjustments. We asked if there were plans to create any legislative initiatives that would address rate increases to vendors. Uh, generally, I think, you know, the department should be able to, you know, change those fees without having to get into legislation. But it's clear that such a drastic increase can have significant repercussions and you know i share the vendor's belief in, in that the rate hike you know of this magnitude the 300 percent should be carefully cons- considered in a transparent manner um you know the importance of adhering to reasonable standards and fee adjustments you know they usually typically fall between four percent maybe 20 percent but 300 percent is very astronomical in his parting words senator bulk has relayed that i would encourage the department of sports parks and recreation to engage in the dialogue with the vendors allowing them the time to express their concerns and ideas uh, for a more reasonable fee increase of structure um, i believe that this collaborative approach um, will not only address the immediate issue which is at hand but also enable us to work together for the betterment of the St. Croix vendors and, of course, the St. Croix tourism economy. And ultimately, I stand with the vendors in their call for a meeting with DSPR to ensure fair and sustainable uh, resolutions to this matter. We reached out to Commissioner Calvert White for the department, who was unable to provide comment as of press time. As we continue to update, on September 25th, Senator Donna Fred Gregory, vice chair of the 35th Legislature's Committee on Education and Workforce Development, called on Governor Albert Bryan Jr. to stand up the Bureau of School Construction and Maintenance. Legislation sponsored by the senator was signed into law on April 25, 2023, 
creating the entity responsible for school facilities and education-related buildings. Senator Fred Gregory made the call after demonstration by students and teachers amid poor school conditions and hot classrooms were held on the island of St. Croix. During today's Government House press briefing, Director of Communications Richard Mota announced that the government is seeking applicants to head the bureau. The office of the governor is actively seeking qualified individuals to apply for the newly created position of executive director of the Bureau of School Construction and Maintenance within the U.S. Virgin Islands. This pivotal role plays a crucial part in our commitment to addressing the issues presented by our aging school infrastructure while we continue executing the projects to build new state-of-the-art educational facilities. Interested candidates must meet one of the following sets of qualifications. They must have a bachelor's degree from an accredited college or university in engineering, architectural designs, and construction technology, and four years of supervisory experience in construction, capital project management, or maintenance management, or they must be a graduate from high school or its equivalent from an accredited institution. Uh, other special qualifications include uh, current contractor or architect license in the Virgin Islands. For more information on how to apply, send an email to governmenthouse at go.vi.gov. Again, that email address is governmenthouse at go.vi.gov with ED of school maintenance and construction in the subject line. Over the weekend, the Coral Bay Community Council issued a press release informing the public that coastal water testing was done in Coral Bay, St. John on October 31st, 2022. Speaking with Sharon Coldren, Voluntary Executive Director for the Council, she provided details on the testing. We uh, sampled 11 points in Coral Harbor and Johnson Bay because these are the areas that people within Coral Bay go to wade, swim, and boat. And uh, we wanted to be sure uh, and to double check that the waters are um, clean as DPNR um, and the National Park Service before DPNR have said that they were for many years. We asked what prompted the further testing to be done outside of the quarterly testing done by the Department of Planning and Natural Resources. A couple of things. For one, uh, the sargassum coming into the harbor creates a lot of odors and concerns by people, as it should. And it, in fact, when it's heavy, will show poor water quality testing. But when it's not there, the water is clean. So this was brought up at a community meeting in July um, of 2022, actually a while ago, and we committed that we would spend some of CBCC's resources to do more testing than the just two testing points that the government uses. So we went ahead and did another eight or so testing points. Speaking on the results of the test. The results of the test was that they all turned out to be 10 or less than 10 parts per million of the um, enterococci bacteria that they use as a testing um, measure. And up to 70 parts per million is 
is considered safe for human contact. So you can see that it was it wasn't even close to the concern level, which was great news to hear. Um, and I think it it speaks to the uh, fact that the bay is very alive um, with um, many marine creatures: sea turtles, dolphins, fish. It's a nursery area, and um, it's highly valued by the people of Coral Bay. Everybody, and we'll keep watching it. We asked if the council had plans to conduct further testing. We do. We're uh, working right now with the University of the Virgin Islands to do another round of testing when it suits their, their schedule. Before ending our interview, Ms. Coldren relayed a message to the community. Asking everyone to participate in the beach cleanups that are happening this uh, coming week on St. John, uh, because all of that helps to keep uh, debris out of the water, plastics and other things like that. People can see the information on CBCC's Facebook page and also um, on the Friends, of, the Friends of the National Park Facebook page, where to go, who to help. All public schools in the St. Croix District were closed today due to the annual Teach Professional Development Conference. Schools will reopen tomorrow on Tuesday, October 17th and operate on their regular schedules, with the exception of schools on abbreviated schedules. Eulalie Rivera K-8 through School will operate from 7.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. The St. Croix Central High School will operate from 7.40 a.m. to 1.05 p.m. The St. Croix Educational Complex and Career and Technical Education Center will both operate from 7.40 a.m. to 1.05 p.m. And the John H. Woodson Junior High School will continue virtual instruction from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Details for report card distribution in the St. Croix District include Wednesday, October 18th, Ricardo Richards Elementary School, Pearl B. Lawson K-8 School, Eulalie Rivera Pre-K-8 School, Alfredo Andrews Pre-K-6, and the Juanita Guardian Pre-K-8. On Thursday, October 19th, the St. Croix Central High School, the St. Croix Educational Complex, and the Lumaco K-6 School. On Friday, October 20th, the Claudio Marco Pre-K through 6 School and also the John H. Woodson Junior High School report cards will be distributed electronically. This fall, middle school students throughout the territory will have the opportunity to participate in the Math Counts competition series. We spoke with St. Croix District Coordinator Juanita Bonique to tell us about the competition. Math Counts is really a program where we try to encourage junior high students and we call them middle school students to a grades six through eight in hopes that we could in encourage them to get more involved in math and um, practice their skills in math and uh, continue with math with the enthusiasm of liking math. The Math Counts program is open to all schools, public, private, and parochial. Schools across the territory are encouraged to register at www.mathcounts.org. As we make our way down the WTJX newsfeed, it's time now for the regional report. Last Thursday, federal agents seized an estimated $35 million worth of cocaine from a boat that ran aground a reef on Puerto Rico's south coast. Reporting from the AP News says that two men from the Dominican Republic and a man from Colombia were arrested and accused of transporting more than 3,300 pounds of cocaine, according to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Officials say the 30-foot boat was traveling north towards Puerto Rico when it was spotted on Wednesday. It is one of the largest drug seizures in waters off Puerto Rico reported this year. 
In 2021, a record $50 million worth of cocaine was seized off the island's southeast region. We're turning now to the territory's weather forecast. Here's the look at the latest short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. The excessive heat warning does continue. We'll find the chance for a few scattered showers continue this afternoon. Under mostly sunny skies across St. Croix, highs will reach the lower to middle 90s with heat index values as high as 110. Across St. Thomas and St. John, it'll be a mostly sunny day with a few scattered showers towards sunset. Temperatures reach the lower to middle 90s with heat index values as high as 113 towards sunset. Scattered showers will taper off overnight into Tuesday across St. Croix. Lows will fall back to near 80. We'll find a mostly clear night across St. Thomas and St. John. Lows are very similar near 80. It's mostly sunny during the day on Tuesday with highs reaching the lower 90s across St. Croix. Heat index values as high as 108 in the afternoon. And at St. Thomas and St. John, temperatures are a few degrees cooler in the lower to middle 90s. Heat index values as high as 110. Excessive heat likely to continue in the afternoon then. That's a look at your latest forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX newsfeed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. Be sure to download the WTJX app. And if you miss a part of our news, listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.